0: What's up, everyone? Ryan Satin here, back with another SmackDown Roundup. I hope you had a fantastic week. I've had a busy one myself. If you heard the Raw Roundup show, you know I've been painting my office. I'm like 80% done with that. I saw Wakanda Forever last night. That was cool. Doing work stuff. Doing a lot, but of course, I can't leave you hanging. We gotta come back here every Friday night. Every Monday night, you probably are listening the next day, Tuesday morning, Saturday morning. Either way, you know, I'm going to be back here in this podcast feed talking about Monday Night Raw, talking about SmackDown, and this is the SmackDown Roundup. So that's what we are here to talk about. But before we get to that, before we get to that, first, I want to give a little bit of love to someone who hooked us up with a review on Apple Podcasts. We got a five star review from Israel R who said just finished up the episode with Butch awesome exclusive content don't feel old i also used the thumbs up and okay emojis nice to see i'm not alone out there cry face laughing emoji used he <laughs> used uh, multiple ones from that conversation which i've read make you sound old but don't worry don't worry israel We are not old. Well, I'm getting there. But I'm not old yet, and you can use whatever emoji you want. Don't listen to what those kids are saying. I guarantee you, it's okay. We're all going to be okay using whatever emojis we want. Uh, But I'm not sure how much longer we're going to be able to use them on Twitter. But enough of that. Let's get to this week's episode of SmackDown, which began surprisingly... With a tag team title match between New Day and the Usos, I kind of would have expected this one to main event the show, but also, because it opened, definitely got a ton of time, and also, you know, I think the reason it it opens the show, and rather than the main event, is because, without it's at the start of the show, you buy into the false finishes much more, because you really don't know when this match is going to end. It could go a whole hour, for all we know, not most likely a match of that caliber isn't going to go a full hour, but you never know. It's happened. So I think that um, it was it was as much as I'm used to these kinds of things, main eventing, I understand the thought process behind kicking off the show with it. And the crowd was hot for it right off the bat. Uh, they were, they were stoked to see this match and why wouldn't they be new day? And the Usos are the two top tag teams in modern day. WWE, so it wouldn't surprise me to see fans be excited to see them. Uh, it was a good match; it really was. I mean, you're, like I, I said in the build up to this, I said it on on Raw, the Raw Roundup this week. Like you're not going to get a bad match between the between New Day and the Usos. Like you're just you're just not. Um. So this is exactly what I expected. It was a great match, very entertaining to watch, very entertaining in ring. Um. Uh, you know stuff that was happening. Um. I felt like. Both teams really looked like they cared about that record. Like they both clearly wanted to win. You could see the frustration in their eyes during the near falls. You could see the passion when they were trying to win. You could see them pulling out all the stops. Really, really just elevating the action because you know how important it is to these two teams. I actually thought at one point that New Day had it when they hit the midnight hour on Jay outside of the ring, and then another on Jimmy inside the ring, but then Jay made the save for their team. And after 30 minutes, they had an intense stare down in the middle of the ring and then started brawling again. The Usos had Kofi on the top rope, but then he headbutted them into each other and shoved them off. He then jumped off the top rope onto them, but the Usos hit a 1D to get the pinfall for their team, Roman watched on from the back, satisfied at the outcome. Satisfied at the outcome. Keywords right there. Four keywords. I don't know, man. I don't know. And this is no knock on the Usos. The Usos are great. But man... I don't like getting rid of the New Day's record. I just don't. I felt like their, their, their record was important. Their, their legacy is important. And the Usos... Look, at the Usos' legacy is also important. But I think that because of this whole bloodline thing, I think that the bloodline is going to go down as, uh, in, as the greatest faction of the modern era. But because of that... Then, what is New Day? If they're not the greatest faction of the modern era and they're not the greatest tag team of the modern era, couldn't they have had one of those things? I feel like they should have had one of those things. That's just me personally. That's how I feel when I I see this. I I don't know. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm anti Usos because the Usos are fantastic. Like, the Usos are one of the greatest teams of all time, too. Uh, especially of this modern era, one of the greatest teams of this modern era. But I just kind of like, I don't know, unless Triple H is going to kind of like bring new prominence to New Day, I felt like that record was really important for them to keep. And so I don't necessarily love it being wiped away, even knowing. Oops, sorry. No, you didn't get a text message. Whoever's listening to this, that was me. That was me. I'm sorry. I'm a bad host. And sometimes I forget to silence all of my things before I start. I'm excited. I want to talk about these things. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's going to be really hard for the New Day to beat this record again. And I don't, I don't know if, I just don't. It's hard to say. I don't know if the Usos needed the record because I don't know if that's fair to say that they didn't need it. Like who, the needed factor is silly. It's wrestling and it's all scripted. So, which I guess that's why I say that because you know needed in terms of to to for their legacy. You know, I just yeah, I just I don't know, man. Maybe I'm tripping here, but I just kind of really wish New Day had held on to that record. They've done so much for the company. They've been so influential. They've been so inspiring. And I just kind of wish they had kept that record. After the commercial break, the Usos walk to the back dressing room to Roman Reigns and ask him what he thinks. And at first, Roman looks angry. But then he eases up and says, this is what greatness feels like. Welcome. He then asks the two to to accompany him to the ring later to handle some business. Next, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Santos Escobar. World Cup opening round match. Uh, you know what? Let me pull up I I, I should I should have already had it here, but I don't. I'm pulling it up as we speak. Um but I should let's let's just cover real fast the full bracket here. So, we don't got the full bracket, but the full list of competitors. We got Mustafa Ali, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, Braun Strowman, Jinder Mahal, Sami Zayn, Butch, and Santos Escobar. So, winner gets a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. And uh, I think this... this. These these guys this 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 uh, I don't I keep saying bracket the, the, this field of competitors uh, is, is good I mean obviously you know we got the World Cup going on here at Smack at, at Fox so you know some cross promotion on SmackDown makes a ton of sense and I like the international vibe we got someone from everywhere and I think it works uh, it, it'll it'll be an interesting uh, little uh, three weeks of action I think. Uh, Mustafa Ali, obviously, is a member of the Monday Night Raw roster, not sure if this is a full-time switch, not sure exactly what's going on there, but in order to make this as international as possible to fit the World Cup theme, I'm into it. Alright, so we had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Santos Escobar, and I was actually surprised at the outcome here you know Shinsuke Nakamura has been kind of big has been getting rebuilt by Triple H ever since Triple H took over as head of creative and Santos Escobar is someone who is still on the rise um but I do think that Santos Escobar is someone who has a ton of potential in WWE so to see him defeat Shinsuke Nakamura I don't think it's bad whatsoever I felt like you know This match did a great job in building up Santos Escobar more. Probably the best he's been built up since they came back. There was that good backstage video they did. That was good too. But I felt like, you know, the way Cole was building up Santos Escobar on commentary and explaining his history, his family legacy, while Wade was detailing his NXT accolades, really built Santos Escobar up. As a world class athlete, as a, a top competitor, as someone who can go, and then when you put him in there with someone like Nakamura, you see that yeah, the man can go. Uh, that guy can definitely wrestle with the best of them, and the fact so to, so, and you know, and and to see him doing so with a Nakamura, a guy who has held almost every title in WWE, a guy who is you know who has won the Royal Rumble, a guy who is someone the fans already look at as a threat to see Santos Escobar holding his own with him even though he had the numbers game going cuz you know there was a bunch of outside distractions from all of legado um, but even with all of that it still made Santos Escobar seem like a threat but all those outside distractions made it so that Nakamura definitely didn't look weak in defeat here he was you know dealing with what one two three four you know deal, deal with three other people that were outside the ring, so I think that ultimately he loses nothing from the loss, and Santos gains a lot from the win, and that Phantom Driver from the top rope really looked good. Next we had L.A. Knight complain about being or about not being in the SmackDown World Cup, but then he gets interrupted by Bray Wyatt, who says people have been telling him his whole life that his rage was going to make a monster of him, says that he spent a long time pretending he's not proud of the things he's done, but he doesn't know if that's true anymore, and that now he knows how far it takes to get respect around here. L.A. Knight basically tells him to scram, which gets him a headbutt from Bray, who then leaves the, leaves frame and LA Knight pops back up, wondering where the hell he went. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm trying to figure out from an analysis standpoint what to make of this because I don't think this is going to be Bray Wyatt's first feud, which I don't think it would be the right person for his first feud to be against. Um, but also, like, I don't know, I, I, these are two people that are currently being built up on their own right now. I, I, I don't know if LA Knight interacting with Bray Wyatt, um, going forward is quite the move in my opinion. Um, I think that Bray Wyatt, you know, if this is just to get to one match next week, So that we can see Bray Wyatt wrestling again and see what that's like. I get it. But I don't think that this would be the right person for him to just feud with. If that's the thought process here. Because I just... I don't know. I don't... I mean, I could be wrong, I guess. It's just... They're both... Like, LA Knight is a heel. But I think people want to cheer for him because... You know... That kind of talk always gets over with the fans. But Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt does seem like a babyface right now, but he, he still has heel tendencies. He's talking about not being proud of the things he's done. And I don't know. I just don't know if this, if these, two, if I see these two being the best way to capitalize off of the momentum Bray Wyatt has right now. But, like I said, if it's just for one match, you know, to get to Bray Wyatt wrestling another match again, that makes sense. But hopefully this is one of those short-term things we're seeing from Triple H, and not something long-term. All right, let's go to a quick commercial break, and then I'll be back talking about the rest of SmackDown. After that, we had a six-pack challenge for a shot at Ronda Rousey's SmackDown Women's Championship this was between Liv Morgan, Sonia Deville, Shotzi, Raquel Rodriguez, Xia and a returning Lacey Evans. I felt like we hadn't seen her in a little bit. Um, this was a good match. It wasn't super long or anything. Um, everyone kind of was uh, rushing to get all their stuff in. You saw people hitting their signature spots, doing their thing. Um, the only real notable Spot that I can really think of, though, unfortunately, was one where it didn't really go the way it seemed to uh, be planned. It, you know, we saw is is like at one point in the match, Raquel was on the outside and looked to be looked like she was about to powerbomb uh, Sonia onto a table outside of the ring, but then lived jump on her, lived jumped on her out of nowhere, and they just sort of fell to the ground instead. This left Shotzi and Lacey alone in the ring, and Shotzi hit her finisher for the win. Um, I, I don't think that that's how that spot with Liv and Raquel and Sonia was supposed to go, but it at least, <laughs> it at least uh, seemed believable when they were all incapacitated afterwards, because you were like, I don't really know what happened there, but they definitely all fell in a painful-looking manner. Hopefully everyone's okay there. But Shotzi, Shotzi and Ronda Rousey set for Survivor Series War Games. What do we think about it? Well, first, let's talk about this. Shotzi celebrates backstage. She gets approached by Emma, who asks if she knows where Madcap is at. Looks like we're going to see something between Emma and Madcap going forward, who are in a real-life relationship, so that makes sense. But Shayna walks up after that, Shayna Baszler, To tell Shotzi what she actually won was a broken arm or a broken ankle. Something like that is going to happen at Survivor Series. And Shotzi says that she belongs here. So she's going to prove it by handling Ronda. Shayna tells her to turn around and say it to Ronda's face. And when she turns around, yes, Rousey is right there. By the time she realizes it, Shayna quickly chokes her out. They say down on Isle Green. (laughs) And then uh, Shayna... And Rhonda walk away. I like this. I mean, I think Shotzi is a star in the making. Like I've thought that since the first time I saw her in NXT. Uh, you know, I didn't dislike the heel thing at all, but having her back, baby face with the tank, cool pyro, like that's a star right there. Like that baby face is a star. People are are into it. The crowds are backing her, people are liking it, and I think that this is going to be a good match, I think that, you know, um, especially if there's not going to be a full build, I mean, Ronda's not losing the title anytime soon, not at least, at least not until WrestleMania, so I think that, you know, with this short build, I mean, Survivor Series is, what, two weeks away, um Shotzi will gain a little bit from this. Uh, and I think that the War Games match for the women is going to be on the raw side anyways, so this at least, you know, gives her something to do for the next few weeks, gives Ronda something to do for the next few weeks, and everyone gains from it. We see next week there's going to be Shayna versus Shotzi solid match right there. But really like I'm just really happy to see people being positioned in the way that has the most potential to make them a star to make them to help them get over on the main roster. Um Shayna and Ronda as a duo is so money. Like everything they do feels natural together. They absolutely feel like the school bully um who actually can beat you up, so it sucks cuz there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, Shayna was Shayna ruled in NXT. And now that she's got that same character again but with Ronda by her side, <laughs> money, like so money, and Shotzi too, dude, like Shotzi with the tank, with the with the hat, like everything, it's just, it, it, it fits her, because she's so comfortable doing it, and it's what the people wanted to see her do, and so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super into the idea of Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi at Survivor Series, all right, next, Ricochet was interviewed by Kayla Braxton, who says he'll face off against Mustafa Ali, and Next week in the SmackDown World Cup, Ricochet says this is an opportunity for him to get back what is his. And honestly, when he said that, I thought to myself, what do you mean? Like, you lost. And I'm a huge Ricochet fan. But I thought to myself, what do you mean what's his? Like, I mean, like, he technically lost that. And then I liked it when Gunther walks up after that. And literally reads my mind. He walks into frame saying, what exactly do you mean, what's yours? Because I'd love to beat you again like the last time we faced off. And then he walks off screen. Man, they're doing so good with the presentation of Gunther. Gunther is so good, but just like the presentation of him too, they're treating him to, They're he's not quite Roman Reigns, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying in terms of like, dominance of a group and um like dominance of a group and just like how intimidating they are as a as a unit and how imposing they are like it it does remind me on that same level of just kind of like you know this is not a team to be messed with and so uh, I really like what they're doing with Imperium but I really do think that Gunther is being you know fully bred to be a future world champion and you can see it with this run with the IC title and all the prominence he's quickly brought back to that belt i think that it's only a matter of time before walter wins a world title he's not beating roman reigns for it, but it's only a matter of time before he eventually gets to become a world champion in wwe in some regard i'd give it a year and a half time yeah that sounds right <laughs> Ooh, I hope I'm right so I can just call this podcast out in a year and a half and be like, boom, look at me. (laughs) Jinder Mahal versus Braun Strowman, SmackDown World Cup match after that. Jinder gets on the mic, says he's back, and this is the beginning of his ascent back to the top. Braun Strowman interrupts him, though, and walks to the ring, but Jinder attacks him once he's inside. Getting uh, getting some memories of those old modern day Maharaja uh, wins, but he 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 you know he and he brings it to him. You know I'm surprised they got he got a, a decent amount of offense in against Braun Strowman, who is really being built to be an unstoppable force. But Braun eventually fights back and wins with a power bomb. Makes sense here. Like I said, Braun Strowman is being built up to be a force. But it was good to see Jinder Mahal back too, man. Jinder Mahal, I am one of the people who was on board with the modern-day Maharaja run. I enjoyed it. I liked what he was doing. I was entertained by it. So I'm happy to see him back. He's a good dude. Good to see that he's getting past some more of those injuries that he's been dealt with. Happy to see him on SmackDown. Hopefully, we see a little more from him. Bring just, just like bring back the Bollywood boys to be by his side, too. They're entertaining, man. They were a good trio. Let's bring them back. Let's just, if we're bringing people back, let's just bring back the Bollywood boys. Speaking of being brought back, Zelina Vega versus B-Fab. before they can wrestle, though. Sarah Alogan. Sarah Alogan. <clears throat> Let me cough that out. Excuse me. Sarah Logan appears on the stage as the Viking Raiders theme plays. The Viking Raiders attack both teams, and Sarah attacks BFab. Zelina sees this, does a nope, I'm out of here, and runs off through the crowd. Viking Raiders hit their finish on top dollar, and Sarah Logan finally turns around to reveal her new look while standing over the team proudly in anger. You know, I think that I've spoken about how I I didn't have any issue with the whole, like, vicious and Viking, you know, the new and vicious Viking Raiders thing, but this definitely makes them seem a 100,000 times more vicious. You know, we had, you know, we had, uh, (laughs) Eric, I was going to say their old names. Uh, Eric and Ivar. (laughs) I'm so used to calling them their old names. That was always one I I had trouble switching to, but Eric... And Ivar uh, looked mean. Like Ivar, especially. I think, you know, we had that time period of them and Street Profits and other times where he was made to be kind of goofy. And this really peeled back that goofy exterior and made him look like a mean dude again. Like he had a scary look in his eye. And same with Eric, just looked tough. But I think that also you know, I'm someone who really does like managers. I've always liked managers. I really do think a manager can add to an act. And I think that, you know, we've seen since, you know, Sarah Logan and, and Raymond Rowe first kind of started, you know, dating or living that Viking lifestyle on social media. Like, we've seen Sarah Logan lives this lifestyle. Like, Sarah Logan... This isn't just cosplay for her. This is just a costume. Like that is kind of like how she is. She 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 is. She lives that Viking lifestyle. So to see her by their side did kind of elevate their whole look. I mean, especially with the new, you know, face paint that she had on and the dreads, um, she looked tough. But she also looked like a tough female Viking, which does add to their act. In my opinion, just visually, like they look tougher when they've got a Viking woman by their side who also looks like she could kill you. Uh, Real, real Luna Vachon vibes, you know. Vachon vibes, you know, where just kind of like had a crazy look. I know there's um, other wrestlers on the Indies who kind of have a similar look as well. I I, I noticed that when she first came out, but I mean, it's more of a Viking look than anything. Uh, And I thought that these two, you know, the, excuse me, I felt like, uh, these two, as in the Viking Raiders, uh, needed something extra if they wanted to cement that viciousness that maybe just calling them vicious didn't necessarily provide. And so, uh, I hope that Sarah Logan is kind of like the, the missing piece of the puzzle that they've been looking for this whole time. Well, obviously we'll have to wait to find out, but so far, I felt like they had a very good look together. I'm interested. I'm feeling it. Lastly, Roman Reigns had a special announcement. Roman talks about being proud of the Usos, but gets interrupted by the brawling brutes. Ridge says they've been tired of the numbers game, so tonight they brought backup, which prompts an entrance from Sheamus. Sheamus says tonight is the start of the end of the bloodline. Well, I think that's what he said what I heard, kind of, but the microphone kept cutting out, which was a bummer, because this was his big moment, and it was kind of, uh, technical difficulties kind of messed with the whole thing, because Roman then made fun of him, saying, you can't even get the mic to work, what are you going to do, pal? But the brawling brutes rush into the ring and start to, well, brawl with the bloodline, but the numbers give them the advantage, so Drew McIntyre comes out to help. That's his boy, Sheamus, just in his wedding. Things finally boil down to Sheamus versus Reigns fighting, but then the rest all jump back in. The whole thing descends into chaos as the show comes to an end. This is what I expected, um... It really felt like this is where we were going. I know that Judgment Day seemed to possibly be leading towards a War Games match as well, but now that, but me, now that, but once the the female War Games match got set on the Raw side, I had a feeling Bloodline was going to be in the men's War Game match. It looks like we're going to get. Roman Reigns, Sammy, Solo, Jimmy, and Jay against the Brawlin' Brutes, Sheamus, Butch, Ridge Holland, Drew McIntyre, and one other person. That's got to be Kevin Owens, right? Kevin Owens has been a little MIA, but before he went MIA, he seemed to have his sights set on Roman Reigns. Wants another shot at Roman Reigns, wants to take down the Tribal Chief, plus we got that history there between him and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens inside a War Games match. Who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> that is going to be sick. I, should, I shouldn't say is going to be, would be if that's what happens. But I just don't see anyone else who really fits in that final spot other than Kevin Owens. We even saw that he was offended at, at Sami Uh, Trying to bring the old Sammy back, but he was offended at Sammy being part of the bloodline and kind of like, you know, parading around like he's one of them. Will this be the big moment where Kevin brings the old Sammy back? I don't know. I don't know. I had thought that's where it was going. That's what I thought was going to happen. Where Sammy in the match turns on the bloodline. But it's only two weeks from now. And I, and, oh, this Usy stuff and the honorary Usy stuff is way too over to end right now. So I think we got to put a pause. We got to put a little pin in that possibly happening for at least a few months in my opinion. I don't think it needs to end in two weeks. But I do think Kevin Owens is going to be the fifth and final competitor to make that a War Games match. And I like this ending. Um, I think that coming out of that war games match i think we're gonna get sheamus versus roman reigns for the title yeah that that's what i think it's just it's, it's we haven't seen that's one of the few big main eventers that we haven't really seen go against roman reigns in this reign <laughs> in this you know however many long days it's been it's been hundreds of days And we haven't seen Sheamus versus Roman Reigns. And right now, Sheamus is white hot as a baby face. So I think we're going to get to that. But War Games first. War Games first for sure. And I'm into it. The bloodline in a War Games match is going to be sick. All right, I am done here. Hope you guys enjoyed this SmackDown roundup. I enjoyed talking it out with you guys before I call it quits though, before I tap out. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. Make sure that you're subscribed here. That's where you get the Ron Smackdown roundups, that's where you get Out of Character every Wednesday. It's where you get pay-per-view roundups when they happen. That's where you get the best of the week on Sundays if you can't listen to everything, but really make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. It helps out a lot and if you really if you if you enjoyed the content if you enjoyed this show and all the other stuff I do make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Also if you're on Spotify hit that star hit the five stars so people know that you like this show. And also speaking of subscribing make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find clips from Ron SmackDown every week. It's where you can find out of character with Ryan Satin on video every Wednesday. This Wednesday, we got, I'm just going to tell you, because if you're listening to this show, I like you more than everybody else. And I think you can keep a secret. I I don't think you're going to get me in trouble. I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying this. (laughs) But this Wednesday, I've got top dollar on the show. And it's a really good conversation so i think you're gonna t- i think you're going to like it okay back to my normal voice <laughs> but make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel you got YouTube shorts there there's a community tab bunch of stuff happening there so go subscribe also make sure you follow WWE on Fox on social media at WWE on Fox on Twitter for now and well we're <laughs> we're going to stay there i just mean Uh, While Twitter exists, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, that's it. I'm done officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another SmackDown Roundup.